Hi, it's John Amundsen. Welcome to the next podcast in a series of podcasts offered uh, for you by the Psychologist Association of Alberta. Purpose of the podcast is to provide information that's timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership. Uh, this was a, a lead-in song. It's called Kind Woman. It has to do with our first article, um, uh, some stuff about marital therapy and compassion. Uh, but uh, uh, it was done by, the, as I say, Buffalo Springfield, or did I say? And uh, I don't know if that's Stephen Stills or Neil Young, because this was the original group that both those guys started off in, and they all went their separate ways on to fame and fortune and other, other groups and with other individuals. Um, I wanted to uh, start off today with an article that I found to be very, very interesting. And um, it, the reason it's interesting is that most of us are quite familiar with the um, Gottlieb stuff. And, you know, we, like, like with, with most of these things that come along, uh, you know, they, they set up programs to uh, teach, train, take our money, give us a certificate, and on and on. So you'll see people that will, uh, I was looking the other day, and people say level two Gottman, level three EMDR. One person had master, a Reiki master therapist, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, uh, Reiki is not a standard of practice for psychology, but uh, people list that as a credential somehow. Anyway, so, you know, me, old guys, old guys, we get kind of weird about these things. Um, that weirdness said, though, the article I'm looking at, it was in the Journal of Family Psychology, and it was just out, and the title was, You Okay, Honey? Marital Quality and Mental Health is Correlates of Couples' Compassion. Now, let's go back to the Gottlieb reference. You know, uh, Gottlieb, among other things, you know, he's, he's done this research, and his stuff is taken to the bank. It's really, really good stuff for us when we, we look at couples and we talk about their, here they go again. If you, if you say to couples in therapy, Tell me, uh, here it comes again, here we go again. They laugh. They know what you're talking about. And that pattern is, is um, uh, related to Gottman's stuff, you know, and Gottman's descriptions. And the one thing we've pulled up, many of us from Gottman, is this idea of uh, what transactional analysis used to call the stroke ratio. And they, if, in transactional analysis, they talk about giving people strokes. And strokes are things that make them feel better, that enhance their well-being, enhance their self-esteem, and enhance their feeling of being appreciated. And Gottman has taken this issue, um, as William James said, you know, the singular most important aspect of being a human is to be appreciated. And so Gottman has taken this and said couples who do well, couples who are in better shape, they end up uh, giving each other um, more um, enabling, encouraging, enthusiastic, enlightening encounters 
relative to the should, must, ought, gotta, what, when, where, why. In other words, if you provide enough of that stuff, the negative interactions are diffused and lost in um, a ratio of what the transactional analysis would have called their stroke bank and what we, we think of as just the enabling comments that keep couples glued together in better ways. So here we got this. So we're saying to couples all the time, express kindness, express appreciation, um, give pop, pop, demonstrate reflective ways to show the other person that they are thought of. <coughs> so this article comes out and it is really interesting because they were looking at compassion. And compassion is like, as I said by the title, you okay honey, how are things, everything going well? And what they found in doing a, um, uh, what they call the actor partner interdependence models, APIMS, they tested the rate at which compassion was expressed by a spouse and then linked to marital quality, depression, and neuroticism. And what they found uh, was that husbands offered more compassion to wives who were expressing more depressive features. So husbands would be checking in. Husbands would be asking, how are you? Uh, compassionate encounters. But what they found was husbands, not so much wives, who perceived that their marriages were of lower quality and husbands who had more neuroticism ironically offered more compassion. That is, they were doing these check-ins and asking, how are things going? Are you okay? What's up? See, this compassionate encounter. Now, you know, Gottlieb's model would say, these are nice things because you're showing appreciation. But what they found here was there was lower quality and that lower quality prompted husbands who were higher in neuroticism to be checking in. And the extension of this is that probably they were doing this less out of concern for their partner than concern for themselves. In other words, I need them to act a certain way so I feel better. So I'm checking in to prompt them, to talk to them, so that maybe they'll do something so I will worry, worry less, right? So uh, this compassion then was related to hypervigilance and compulsive caretaking. And where there was distress, the husbands would go into this vigilant and compulsive sort of caretaking. Uh, quickly, we've got to do something. I want, I, I feel shaky, I feel anxious. Therefore, I'm going to check in to get them to change something so that I feel better. So I thought that was really interesting because it puts a qualification on this sort of blanket. Be nicer to each other, be kinder, be appreciative. Okay? So I thought that was a, was a, was a, a, a really interesting article. Hey, staying with uh, couples, uh, there was a really interesting article in the Journal of Consumer Research. And what they were looking at was the impact on marital satisfaction, um, you know, uh, relationship satisfaction, happier stuff going on between a couple, where they had separate versus merged bank accounts. And you can imagine couples who merged their bank accounts uh, reported higher relationship quality and satisfaction than those who had separate accounts. The uh, researchers hypotheses is that better alignment of financial goals, increased transparency, and a deeper sense of unity within the marriage emerge when they have merged bank accounts. Another interesting article on couples was in the Journal of Social Psychology and Personality Science. And uh, couples 
uh, when they were under stress uh, and having trouble in their relationship, reduce their stress and express more satisfaction when they blamed the pandemic. What they looked at were about 200 participants in the United States, and they found that although they were unhappy in their relationship, when they could attribute that to the COVID, they were less unhappy. Uh, this was more pronounced in women than in men. And again, this, you know, we're going off label here, but women often feel a bit more responsibility for the relationship uh, than men might. Uh, this is a, a gender bias that's been determined in research, uh, not just Amundsen's uh, theory. Uh, so uh, when they could say, well, it's because of the pandemic that we're not getting along. It's because of the pandemic that we're fighting over this and that and the other thing. This provided a, 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 a convenient excuse. and. and and so this will be filed under, you know, the couples that um, can mutualize their um, their complaints uh, around something that has um, an external locus of control will probably do better than those that really look at and say, you know what, we are not being kind to each other, we're not being supportive of each other, we're not being appreciative of each other, and so on. In regards to um, clinical treatment, and clinical treatment with couples. Uh, there was a good article in the Journal of Professional Psychology Research and Practice. Uh, it goes back to 2021, uh, but it was looking at the emotional pain that couple therapists feel in working with uh, marital dyads, relationship dyads. And, and what they found was that in some uh, qualitative reviews that uh, therapists expected to experience emotional pain, and they attributed it to several factors. Uh, the first was, um, uh, well, first they saw it as a natural part of their work. We're going to have some agitation and suffer a little bit with the couple. But they said it had to do with treatment content. In other words, what the patients were bringing often was very, very painful. And those of us who work with couples, we can think of times when they've told us something they've done or something that's happened and it either brings us pain because of its impact upon the couple um, or it brings us pain because we're going oh, oh my god how could you have homer simpson that meaning it was an action that we could see just on the face of it was going to bring more distress to to each of them uh, the second was the client attitude and that the pain comes when we can see that uh, you know, there's a classic story I like to tell. Uh, a couple comes in and she says, I'm unhappy, things aren't going well. And he just looks and says, well, I'm happy, so it's not my problem, it's hers. And then we say, well, that is the problem, right? The lack of sort of empathetic connection relative to satisfaction of one's partner. Um, but then there's also our own errors and our own issues. And um, we get into this where we have clashes with the views, where we become frustrated and we can uh, have trouble staying in a collaborative and cooperative relationship uh, with the patient. Um, and finally, the closeness of the therapeutic relationship. Quite often we can develop a warmth of connection with our patients and, and with couples and we, we just feel badly that we're not able to um, help them or not able to be as effective as we would like to be. Now, the, um, the uh, money shot, though, in this research was they found that where this pain came up, and it can be pain on a continuum, one kind of pain is irritation with this, oh, God, why, you know, here they go again, or why is this person continuing acting this way? So it can be that sort of pain. 
all the way to the other, which is our own failures. You know, I, I, I misjudged, I overreacted, or whatever it is. But that this pain signal could be very, very useful in then correcting the therapy. So in a reflective, appreciative sense, they would look at, the therapist would look at this and say, ooh, there's, that's telling me something about what I need to do more or less of. Um, I've often said with any patient, and especially with the patients that come in that are of a certain personality type or style, trait or disorder, when they come in and they're often, um, you know, we kind of, we, we, we get into a thing with them where we're, we're um, uh, you know, want to say, oh, I'd like to just, you know, tell them to shut up or I'd like to, you know, we get a, a gut reaction. That gut reaction, that countertransference is so positive because it tells us a lot about probably what they do on a regular basis, irregular basis that is causing them troubles in their life. So anyway, good article, and we'll finish off with that, and we'll find something to, uh, some music to march us out to. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Going to the chapel and we're gonna